0: It, it's an interesting point because books are no longer just a book. It's not just one thing that you read that's isolated in a, in, in a microcosm. It's, it's part of many creators and business people's entire marketing ecosystem.
1: We're talking about books, y'all. What has uh, inspired us along the way? Um, I've got a few. Anybody else have a few? i
0: yeah. have got about five. You all have very long lists. It's very intimidating. I just want to say that. I'll do my best with my puny little two.
2: Well, I, I was going to start talking about the Bible, but that might just take up, you know. <laughs> Seth Godin. Really bad PowerPoint and how to avoid it. It's more of an ebook than anything else. But it's, you know, I I read it and I thought to myself, yes, he's absolutely right. It's the the problem with so many business meetings, so many now so many presentations on Zoom or, you know, on YouTube or anything like that is people try and shove way too much information into a slide and and think that we're all going to sit there and read the slide along with the person who's describing what's on the slide. And, you know, if, if you want to make handouts for your presentation, then use Microsoft Word callback. Uh, but otherwise, PowerPoint <laughs> is just meant to be a guide. It's your sherpa into a presentation. You're supposed to keep things no more than nine words on a slide, and and you know you're supposed to be the person that th- that that the audience is focusing on, not the contents of your presentation on some sort of pretty slide. Just keep it simple. Keep it uncluttered. If you cannot communicate what you're talking about on a, on a PowerPoint slide in four or five, eight words or a few pictures in a couple of words, then you need to rethink your presentation again and go back because you're doing it wrong. So in this case, I think that anybody that walks into corporate America or is planning on teaching a zoom course or whatever else needs to read Seth Godin's really bad PowerPoint and how to avoid it. And that will save your life. There I go. Good one.
0: I'm just going to adjust our podcast episode notes to amend the title from books that inspired us to books and rants. <laughs> Cause that is one heck of a start.
3: Well, I'm going to go next. So, Hmm, which one, which one? Let's start at the bottom of the list. Right now, I'm currently reading uh, The Mountain Is You. Um, and so far, so good. Uh, it's, a, a, it's It goes into self-sabotage and some of the things that, you know, that are intrinsically, um, that you need to like move out the way, basically. So basically, get out the way, and do what you got to do. Don't be afraid to change. Go ahead and get all the things, you know, do all the things. It's it's so far, it's a good read. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of um, one. I think it's going to be one of those books that I'll be going back to over and over again, because sometimes I have a tendency to do that. So, you know, when I start realizing some stuff, I'm like, oh, OK. All right. Yeah, I need to get this thing done. So, so far, I'm liking that one.
0: Okay, I'll go next. I managed to pick up another one, by the way. So now I have three just I just want you all to to have this in your plan. But the first one, I have to hearken back to Mr. Clear, because it it's just the book that there are very few books in my life that I remember. I'm really bad at reading super fast and going, this is amazing information. And then three days later, I have no idea I read the book, just zero. But this book, I think I listened to it in, as an audiobook and I then went back and read it afterwards. And maybe it's the audiobook part of it, but I remember lessons from it and things that I learned and tried to incorporate. And I read this maybe seven years ago uh, something it, it, I mean, COVID time, I don't know. It's, it's all a, a, a blur, but in in the way that that relates to my content creators journey, I mean, you can, I, I, you can't really see it, but I have my at creator sweatshirt on, which harkens back to one of his principles about how, if you want to do something regularly, you have to be the person who does the thing. It's about identity and not Activity. The activity will come more easily if you're a person who it's just part of what that person does. So creator for me is also a reminder about who I want to be, which is a person who habitually, regularly, and consistently creates. And then for me, it's a part, it's part of stacking the habits that make that thing possible. And it sounds when I speak like this, like I know how to do this, but it's I've been learning how to do this for the last several years and i'm just starting to sort of put the pieces together but every time i do something i'm like oh yeah i i learned that from james clear i don't want to derail
1: you but did did you say that you didn't say the name of the book or is this james clear did
0: did i say atomic habits you said you want to go back to
1: mr you said i want to go back to mr clear
0: Oh, yeah, well, you there you didn't go. Say the name of the book. Doesn't no. everybody know what I'm talking about? Isn't well, that just already, assumed? Yep, because that's the I, next and- book on my list. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. No, you're absolutely right. Thank you for reminding me. So it's, yes, James Clear, Atomic Habits. There will be links all over the descriptions of the, uh, the, the, the podcast and episode, YouTube episode notes for this. So uh, I just figured everybody knew what I was talking about. Also, I'm just a little tired. So... That Uh-oh, <laughs> now that wasn't me. I didn't do that.
2: <laughs>
1: that was not me.
0: And with that, <laughs> I yield my was time.
1: That, was that
2: you, Kelly? <laughs> I, I No, that was that was, was me, that? Uh, a, a, a plate full of goldfish crackers just dumped on the floor.
1: <laughs>
0: goldfish. Oh, That's I'm funny. so sorry for your goldfish.
1: That's going to be on our podcast this week.
3: Look, man, the five-second rule, better get that stuff. <laughs>
4: <laughs> i was looking through my list of uh, audio books before this episode and then there was a, a few in there that i thought like oh that's supposed to be a really good book i must read that but like i'd obviously listened to it at some point in the past and completely forgotten i do the same with movies as well i'm terrible for remembering those things uh the few books that i've read uh, or the, the few books that i'm going to mention today that i've read multiple times listened to read the audio uh read the uh you know the kindle version as well um the first one's going to be kind of the basis for everything that I'm doing getting things done by David Allen. Uh the reason why I don't really cover productivity methodology on my channel which was one thing I considered is cuz for me it sort of seems like a solved issue. So all the stuff that I tend to cover on uh for just bring it back to sort of creator type stuff. Um is, are the things that I'm trying to figure out myself. So all the Ecamm videos were, you know, when I was trying to learn Ecamm, all the Stream Deck videos was new cool stuff I'd discovered. Whereas the whole sort of productivity methodology is just something that's been pretty fixed for me since I read uh, Getting Things Done by David Allen. It it, it basically gives a uh, a framework to sort of take, take the burden of trying to remember and keep track of all these things in your head uh, and gives a systematic approach to actually uh, managing all of that. Now, this was written in the days when this would have been done with pen and paper uh, and it's got this concept of different inboxes that you're going to just deposit things, jotting down ideas when they come uh, and then at the end of the day sort of pulling those things all together into things that are either actionable items, delegate things that you can delegate, um, or just things for reference that you want to keep. And then obviously in the, uh, the digital age, this is now morphed into uh, a lot of apps that are based on this. So the one that I use, OmniFocus, is based on this methodology. Uh, there's another one called Things, which um, I, I think has got the same sort of link into the getting things done methodology. But it's just a great way to approach uh, task management, which is always helpful when... You've got lots of tasks to do in your content creation life. <laughs> I
1: didn't know we were going to do book reports. I just thought we were going to talk about the books. I didn't know we are going to get into them. We're, like
2: we're also grading as well.
1: Yeah. My, um, I'm going to go into my author. I've got Stephen Pressfield who wrote The War of Art, um, which is, you know, I'm not as eloquent as you guys are it's about talking. I don't even remember the last time I read it. But it's one of the books that I, I give it away. If if I have a nephew or meet somebody that's trying to get something done, I'll give I'll give a, my hard copy out. And so I went home just now trying to find it, and I couldn't find it. So I guess I gave it away a while back. But I do have the Kindle as well. You know what else is funny? Talking about reading these, I find that if you have a Kindle and a audiobook at the same time and put it on a speed and a half, it's awesome. I mean, you can blast right through mm-hmm. it, and it seems like it sticks with you. I don't know where mm-hmm. I got that trick. If I got it from anybody, but. Um, but anyway, the War of Art talks about just overcoming resistance. And every time you get up to, you know, there's always some distraction or there's always something, and that's resistance talking to you. Every time you pick up a pencil and you want to write something down, or or start a book or start a project, there's always something called resistance in your way. Um, and it's about how, how to overcome that. There's a lot more hocus pocus in it than that, and it's he made a whole book about it. So, but it's basically that's the gist of it. It's it's how to get over procrastination and fighting. Of resistance.
3: That kind of reminds me of uh, my, one of the other books that's on my list called "The Art of Not Giving a Fuck." Love that book.
0: <laughs> Go, Mark. Go, Mark. Did you know it's <laughs> going to be a movie? I saw. I saw yeah. a little bit of the trailer. It's Isn't cool. that nuts, bars? It's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was on the Tim Ferris. I mean, I, I had heard about it before, but he was on Tim Ferris just recently talking about how weird it is that this is going to be a movie. But he's like, okay, let's go.
2: That book I only have on Audible. So I have my Audible stuff, I have my Kindle stuff, and then I'll have the actual books for certain things. So, you know, for this particular episode, I had to think, okay, I read that, where, where did I get that information from? And it was on my Kindle. I thought I had an actual copy of it, but... So we we consume things in different ways now that we didn't, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But um, the art of, yeah, because I was in the car with my son listening to the art of not giving fuck. And my son, who is 20, does not cuss, does not like cuss words. will never say them. And here I am listening to this audio book and he's just like, dad. (laughs) That's so cute. I'm a bad human being. (laughs) okay so donald miller building a story brand we all probably read that one right book on my list yes yeah (laughs) so yeah it's it's almost as if um everybody probably everybody in our group has read it or been told to read it read it or been given it or you know whatever uh rich of course is shaking his head no but um I've got a bad experience. I, you know, I'll tell you about it. Go ahead and tell your story. Okay. I think you know we need to be able to converse about our brands, about ourselves, about what we're doing in a different way for for people and I think that it goes over the necessity of telling a story. And I, you know, I was writing ad copy before. I wasn't trying to tell a story. I was just trying to blurt out words that said the things I needed to have set, said about my particular area of medicine, and it wasn't really being communicated well enough. And now I'm telling stories more often now, and I'm getting more uh, of my targets that are reading it, even if it's only a three paragraph story. It's a short story, and and communicates better. And I'm I've changed my mind on how I am writing to communicate in. Anything that I'm doing now, be it online or um, I actually I did something called a print ad this past winter for. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really fancy They hand out these things called newspapers at this trade show and you can buy space and and you can put in like your own. Piece of artwork that says things about your company. It's really interesting now. We should look into that more. Probably.
0: I'm gonna Google this. I'm gonna yes. Google this.
2: Yes. Print it print ad. I'm sure Chat GPT <laughs> knows about it. Oh my God.
3: I absolutely love that book. Um, as a matter of fact, I dedicated a an episode my Actually, not this past week, but the week before Super Bowl weekend, I dedicated that episode to uh, some of the things that I learned in that book. One of the things that um, that was, uh, I guess, it was. Um, oh God, why am I losing my words? That that was really uh, th- that something that I resonated with was the archetype, basically who you are to your ideal audience, right? And so in his book, he talks about you being the guide, not not the hero of the book, because the hero is the actual, you know, client or whomever it is that you're talking to or telling a story. So, you know, you're trying to guide them a certain way in, in whatever you're doing. And so that's when I really started thinking, oh, wow, let's, 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 dig into like brand archetypes and different things like that. And so that kind of like opened up my mind to a whole bunch of different um, uh, different ways that I could then teach what I know. And that was very, very important for me because I tell stories anyway because I'm just a chatty person. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it is. All right, cool. Thanks for like, you know, making it plain for me. So I really like that book. And of course that book begot a whole bunch of other books like marketing, you know, by the same by Donald Miller, and then there's like being the hero and all the other different ones. So I have like a whole bunch of his stuff. So um, I really, um, I really like that one. That was the number one book on my list. I have a story about Donald Miller and about Mike Michaelowicz.
1: If you buy Uh-oh. the audio book, they say, um, oh, you know, log onto the secret URL and get a PDF resources for charts or whatever they have. So on Donald Miller specifically. Well, both of them. You go to the website, you give me your email address so you can get the link to the PDF or whatever, and you're immediately sucked into a goddamn funnel. And on the Donald Miller one, I actually went through with it. I didn't buy any, any course or anything, but I was immediately put on the hustle. And they had a free Zoom thing or something. And this girl, it wasn't even Donald Miller, it was one of his coaches or whatever, was leading the Zoom call. And she asked for examples of somebody doing something. so... Uh, or somebody's website. So she, somebody volunteered to be critiqued by her, and she totally berated this poor guy. And I thought this is not the way to win customers. I mean, it's helpful criticism is one thing, but don't just be a be an asshole. And that turned me off of the whole situation. I said, I, I don't know what you've got going on, but I don't want any part of it. And Michaelowicz was the same thing. Mike Michaelowicz wrote Profit First, which is a great book, and he's a great presenter. If you ever see him in a meeting but God he put me on some kind of hustle, some kind of thing where, you know, the third page they say, you know, you get PDF resources to to go along with the book. Great. So once you do it, you're immediately, you haven't even got to the fifth page yet and you're already being sold something else. Another higher thing. That's not the way to do it. So anyway, bad taste in my mouth from mm-hmm. both of those guys.
0: It, it's an interesting point because books are no longer just a book. It's not just one thing that you read that's isolated in a, in, in a microcosm, it's, it's part of many creators, and business people's entire marketing ecosystem. And uh, one of the books that I uh, was going to mention, I actually haven't even dived into yet. It's, it's almost like a not book for me, because it's Mind Your Mindset by Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller. Now, you guys know, I've been drinking this Kool-Aid for several months now and getting sucked gradually even further and further into this cult very happily. I think things are really working out for me. I even have my my physical planner now. I never thought that I would actually get a digital or a, a physical thing that I would write in and whatever, but there I was last night doing a brain dump of all my notes into this thing that I need a pen for. Really bizarre. But anyway, when they were pre-selling this book because they wanted it to launch and obviously launch big, so on the bestseller list right away, and if they can pre-sell that, it gives them this opportunity. And what they very cleverly did is bundled a bunch of their courses and some other sort of uh, handouts and giveaways along with the pre-sale. So it was whatever the price was, $15 or $20, $20 but they bundled in with $350 worth of actually quantifiable. Like we've talked about these, you know, when you do a bundle and you don't know what the prices of the individual items really are, but these are actual courses that they have. And boom, those were the price points and it was $550. And I thought, yeah, I'm buying this. And what's been interesting is that I've been listening to their podcast for, you know, for several months, but a particular over the last two, uh, Michael and Megan have been bringing out and discussing probably all of the concepts that are in the book and exploring them in interviews and, and, and processes and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I'm probably getting the book from the podcast, but what I've really gotten is access to all these other materials and courses that I'm actually quite excited about. So it's just a really interesting way of thinking about a book is that it's, it's a, the book is the lead magnet in a way to, to get into something else, but it means something else. So anyway, I'm, I'm interested to read it. I think there's been a lot of things I've been learning from this podcast about my mindset and about, uh, limiting beliefs and things like that. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Like my other way hasn't been working. So I'm going to try this technique now and, and see if it gets better. And being open to trying those things is probably not a bad idea. So yeah, mind your mindset by Megan Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller.
1: Yeah, that um, that concept is great. And I, I bought that Mind Your Mindset as well. I bought it for well, pre- you to Oh, it. Cool. Uh-huh. And I haven't got into it yet. But you know what's funny? I, mean, I have listened to the podcast, and nobody's, it doesn't seem like it's a hustle. Not like these other jokers. So.
0: No, no. It's, it's a it's,
1: concept, or a different. maybe it's more subtle, and I just don't get it. But it seems like it's, I mean, they've already yeah. given you so much. So I don't think they're trying to sell you anything else. Unless they're trying exactly. to sell me a planner. And I don't know that I'll ever buy a planner, but maybe I will. They're that's what I thought
0: their,
4: too. <laughs> they're getting you into their email list for future things though. I mean, that's what we're talking about before with like funnels. There's a way to do it with integrity and there's a way to do it not. And we've just seen two examples of that with your two experiences of it. So, well, and yeah. they do send a lot of emails. That's true. They they do. They're heavy on the emails. so,
0: yeah, they do that. But yeah, but they've given you so much value already mm-hmm. that right. they have packaged into the book. And I think when I do finally get into it, I'll be able to be more, it's kind of like, uh, I, I, I've also put this in, in our notes for this, that I'm trying to be more conscious about how I'm consuming books. Because if I'm going to put that time aside, and I'm actually going to read this material, instead of just listening to a podcast or, you know, reading a Twitter thread, that I better make it worth my time and stop forgetting this stuff. So uh, Matt Diavella interviewed Ryan Holiday about his system for how to remember everything and, and, and reading books. And I think this is kind of like another way to remember everything. So that system is, you know, you take notes, you revisit and revise this, the stuff, and then you categorize and file your categorize and file your notes. And I feel like with this mind your mindset, I've been taking notes by just sort of listening to the podcast over and over again, and hearing all these themes. And the book is actually going to be my revisit and revision because it's like, oh, yeah, this is the section. I remember they talked about that three months ago. And and okay, and oh, no, I can skip this section because it's not quite as interesting to me. But ooh, this is the real stuff. And then I will have put some more conscious effort into actually consuming that material. And I think it's going to make a real impact in my mental space. So I'm excited. It's interesting. It's an interesting way of thinking about taking it a book.
4: I've got another one then, which is uh not necessarily strictly content creation related as such, but um I think it feeds into it. In fact, my next two bus- uh, books really are uh, kind of more to do with the mindset I suppose of of anything. Um and the first one would be uh, it's called Flow: The Psychology of optimum Optimal Experience by uh Mihai Csikszent Mihai, and we can let Peter correct my Hungarian on that. It's a c- Hungarian author. Um but it's all about um Uh, It was him that coined the term this flow state. When people are doing something, uh, usually (laughs) it'll be something that they really enjoy and are generally uh, good at as well. Excuse me that they uh that you get into this sort of flow state and it's that that experience that you may have had where time seems to just flow by you just don't even realize how long you've been working on something i get this with anything that i'm doing design related architecture related it's kind of like i can just start working on something and then the time just disappears um and because you're just in that in that zone um, and I think it's something to be uh, really aware of, like the fact that this this state even exists. Um, and it's something that I'm constantly seeking to try to um, notice when I'm doing something that isn't putting me in that state. Because that ultimately means that uh, I'm either not in a, a good flow in terms of uh, the, the process, but also maybe not enjoying it. And I think that in anything that you're doing with uh, content creation... Uh, it's got to be something that you enjoy, otherwise that won't it won't sort of translate through into the uh, the actual content itself. And so, this book is is really good to listen on an audio book. There's something really sort of medita- meditative about uh, listening to it, and it's one of the books that I only ever re- listen to. I've listened to it dozens of times, but only ever on single speed rather than double. Whereas everything else I listen on double speed. Uh, I can't get over just the experience of just listening to it is quite uh, uh, quite different to most audio books. Um, and yeah, noticing when you are not in a flow state and when things seem like a struggle is definitely something to be, uh, to be aware of. And that, that kind of leads into, uh, which I will just go straight into the other one, which kind of dovetails into this, which is the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And the E is for entrepreneur. And the E-Myth is about... Um, people get into doing something that they really love and they're passionate about. It's, it's talking about sort of entrepreneurs. Um, the example that they give in the book is somebody who starts a bakery because they love baking. It's like their passion. But then they start their bakery and then they ha- have to start uh, doing accounts and they have to start doing stock taking and ordering and all of these other things that are ancillary to the core thing that they started that was their passion. And before they know it, they're actually doing stuff that they hate doing because they hate accounts. They hate all of these other things that are associated with running a a business and i think that that actually does apply to content creation as well um, there's something that we're passionate about that we're making videos about perhaps um, but there is a whole load of other stuff that goes with it and this sort of brings us back to <laughs> call back to our previous episode about um uh outsourcing to va's uh, you know, finding those things that maybe you don't like and, and outsourcing those to other people, uh, so that you don't get sort of bogged down in getting into content creation because you love it, but then end up just being annoyed by all of the other things that you have to do around it. Um, my next book, I discovered
1: Julia Cameron by listening to Brian Koppelman. Brian Koppelman's the guy that wrote billions or he's, he's like the showrunner on the show billions on Showtime screenwriter. He wrote rounders, him and his partner, but anyway, he ref- he had a podcast where he interviews a bunch of people, and one of the people he talks about is Julia Cameron, and she is the one that came up with the Artist Way, which is basically get up every morning and write three pages longhand, brain dump, like Keeley said, just get it out of your head onto paper, whether it's a, you know, on the computer or not. She says longhand with a pen is the best way. Um. I don't know if that's true, and I've tried to do it. And there's a couple of websites, like there's one called Write 750 Words, I think is the name of the website, where they just want you to write 750 words a day. Just get up in the morning and write. I try to do it. I do it, I, I probably make it four to five days a week. Some days I just don't. Some days I forget. Some days I get behind. I just don't do it. But it's really, a, the concept is fantastic. Um, I actually brought this book because I was at the used bookstore down the street, and there's like four or five copies of these. And she actually signed this one. This is, she signed uh, to Brigitte, whoever Brigitte is. So I hope Brigitte is writing every day like she's supposed to.
3: So I got one more book. The One Thing. Oh, okay. So that one, oh God, I didn't write the author down. But anyway, that was one of, yeah, there you go, Gary Keller. Um, I like that one too, because it was basically kind of drilling down to okay what's the one thing you need to do so that you can get all the other things done and makes everything else irrelevant. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I, that totally resonates with me because I am I have the worst squirrel syndrome that you've ever seen. And so it was it was a good exercise. I'm go, I'm currently going through, well, Moving the Mountain first, and then that's going to be the next book that I'm going to re-listen to again. Um, it It was super quick. It was super quick and easy. I listened to it at like one and a half speed, but he speaks really fast. So, you know, I might want to slow it down so I can kind of like, you know, really kind of get into it but it was really good because it had it helped me to figure out okay let's just cut to the chase let's figure out what it is that you need to like completely and totally focus on so that we can get we can actually get some work done and it was very very beneficial for me so i really like that book too
4: i i did like that in some respects as well what i think one people misunderstand the concept of it and think that what it means is there is only one thing that you should be doing and you focus on that and nothing else, Um, like in total. But that isn't really the message of the book. The message is like, what is the one overarching thing that is going to move the needle overall? And then you don't do anything else until you've done the thing for that, the the next task in that you know step on a uh, on a on a daily basis you still can have multiple projects going on uh, right. and you can still have multiple products that, projects that have got lots of different things to them but what is the one thing that's going to move the needle like in that individual project that you happen to be working on so um i did, i it gave me a a kick up the behind as it were for uh, in terms of just figuring out like at a time when i was um probably getting distracted by a load of other stuff that was going on in different areas of my life and then uh that one just sort of brought me back on track to think like right well what is it that actually i want to focus on that's going to have the most impact but um it's that it, that is a a strand through uh getting things done for me but it was just mm-hmm. it was helpful to uh um to refresh my mind on it <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I remember that we've talked about this book before, and I think we we did it in the context where we were talking to Doc, and maybe we mm-hmm. a few of us were on his live stream or something like that, and and he was talking about it, and I remember saying it at the time, and I'm so I'm going by my emotional gut memory of how much I disliked the book <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm I I think part of it was that I felt like it was a very intangible way of trying to pursue what could have been a tangible sort of step-by-step, do these things, uh, help book. And I just felt like you gotta be kidding me. Like, what do you mean one thing? And I I know, I know you've just gone through why it isn't about just doing one thing, but it, it felt like it didn't ever prove the concept to be viable Mm -hmm. for me. So, that's that's one of the things that, that I just didn't ever love about it. And I don't expect I'm ever going to revisit that particular book. But, hey, that's why there's millions and millions of books out there for no. all of us that all hit us in different ways. So it, it, if I flip that around to a book that was very tangible for me and really gave me steps that, although I didn't write any of them down, I realize now I'm, I was going through the, the chapter markings and going, oh – that's where I learned that thing that I'm doing now. And oh, that thing too. And that thing too. The book I'm talking about is by David Spinks, and it's The Business of Belonging, How to Make Community Your Competitive Advantage. So I remember reading this maybe a year ago when I was just, you know, I was shifting into Discord or I had shifted into Discord, but I, I didn't really understand why I was doing anything I was doing. I was just sort of like, spaghetti throw at the wall see what happens and it was just it just felt very random and everything I was reading and seeing about community was just a lot of really vague crap really to 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 just say it that way and but when I read this book it was very much here's a tactic here's a tactic here's a tactic so after it gets through all the soft stuff there's things like um you know choosing a member a, a measurement framework it's like oh we measure stuff in community. Okay. That's fun. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, three levels of community strategy, uh, six outcomes of community. Like it was just very, do these actual things when you create a social identity, you know, what's your personality? How much humor do you want to use? Just really tangible. And I loved it. And I think that, Because it was something I was able to use right away with FH Umpires and that, and now I'm starting to use so much with Discord Coach, I'm like, wow, now this is a book I'm looking at and going, okay, I got to reread this like right away because it was that good. And it really did help me get better at what I was doing with content creation and more of this this entrepreneurial side of the the creator journey. So yeah, that's my third and last, by the way, just in case you ever want to come back to me, don't. This is my last book that I want to talk about. Well, thank then, you. Then
2: let me talk about my last book, *The Unfair Advantage* by Ash Ali. Oh, that was and, a good book. Yeah, and and I think I've been kind of wandering the desert about certain things in my life lately, and and because um, you know I like the Disney thing, and but the reality is, long term, I'm going to be able to be most successful at in coaching doctors, coaching practice managers in um, medicine and in telemedicine. And, you know, really, this book kind of turned me on to, hey, idiot, uh, this is what your specialty is. This is really what you should be doing. There are tons of people that are fans of Disney and they can talk about Disney stuff better than I can. And I'll enjoy doing it but I'm not necessarily any better or worse than anyone else. The thing that I can wake up and do every day without blinking. I mean, I joke, I can, you know, I can roll out of bed and five minutes later be uh, pitching a customer and I don't need to prepare because I just, for the past 20 years, I've gotten up and eaten and slept telemedicine and teleradiology. And this is telling me, this book basically is telling me, you know, focus on that. Do that first, create something with that now. And then as I see that come about and as I'm working on that actively now, then those things that I, those little ancillary things that I want to do in terms of coaching people on branding, medical uh, practice branding and things like that, that'll roll into that naturally once I get that going. So, you know, it's, it's a book that I have in my backpack at all times it's on my phone and audible. I, you know, just, I read it, I listen to it, I consume it in different ways. And I think it's helped me get to a different, like more, you know, clarification of really what I should be doing for the best use of my skills, but at the, at the same time for my family. So.
1: Good stuff. Anybody have anything they want to add? Get a library
2: card.
0: Oh, my God. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's that's really actually just, I know, cliche, but it really has changed a lot for me to be able to rely entirely on my uh, Calgary Public Library for both the uh, eBooks, occasionally physical books, which I don't like because they're just, they're heavy, and I have to take them places, and ew, no fun. But audiobooks, and I – like I've said, I've I've been sort of thinking about my process of reading books and realizing actually, audiobooks really do work for me, and I should be paying them more mind. I should be trying to you you know consume that material more often. So, I'm really glad that we all talked about the different books and how we uh, how we took them in. And the value in actually listening to books because I th- maybe I'll, I I don't know if you guys had this but I've definitely had a snobbery uh, el- elitist thinking about how audiobooks aren't real books and why would I do that but now that I know I can listen to them at two times speed so I can listen I'll to tell them you what, almost as <laughs> audio
1: Kindle is is a game changer audio yeah. Kindle at two x or one and a half x is fantastic and it's yeah. and you can choke it down really fast and you can absorb more it's really it keeps you on focus I like it.
3: I used to consume all of my books, like when I go on my walks Um, and, you know, or, or like just before I go to bed, I'd put it on, i put the sleep timer on because I know about how long it takes me to fall asleep. So I'm like, all right, well, you know what, I'll just consume this and this will be the thought that I go to sleep with something that, you know, that uplifts me and that I could learn something from. And it's, you know i truly enjoy it my library is ridiculous i mean <laughs> my library is ridiculous and i uh, absolutely love it it's always with me because this stays with me always so mm-hmm. i don't have to worry about it
0: i feel smarter after this episode thank you <laughs> sorry rich
3: thanks for me on the creator spot if you enjoyed it Tell a friend. No, seriously, tell somebody, okay? So look, we'd love it if you subscribe and do all the things, especially leave us a comment somewhere where you get your podcast. Check out our video version on our YouTube channel, The Creators Pod. The Creators Pod is produced by C22 Media, Alec Johnson, Dina Taylor, Keely Dunn, Rich Graham, Rob Balls, and me, Shell Lawrence. Deuces.
2: It's hard to find size 15 shoes. That's all I'm saying.